1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brickenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
2: Well, this is certainly encouraging news yesterday. Pakistan's Supreme Court has upheld the acquittal uh, of a Catholic woman by the name of Azia Bibi, uh, which is the final step then to getting her to safety, which means getting her out of the country. So this was upholding the acquittal back in October. Originally, she was convicted of blasphemy and sentenced to death. After she was acquitted, there were protests and riots in the street in Pakistan. Uh, some more uh, fundamentalist, extremist religious parties in Pakistan called for not only Bibi to be killed, actually called for the killing of the judges who acquitted her. But, I mean, it speaks how, how serious the situation is. And why it's so urgent to get this woman to safety. Now, there have been varying reports about whether she has indeed left Pakistan or whether she has indeed arrived in Canada. uh, But it seems as though that's where things are headed. And that's good news. Global Affairs Canada simply say that uh, Bibi's case is a priority and that it is focused on ensuring her and her family's safety. And that Canada will do everything it can to ensure Azia Bibi's safety. Why was it that she was in such danger in Pakistan in the first place? And what about other Christians and religious minorities in that country? Well, our next guest has been following all of this very closely. Marie-Claude Lalonde, National Director of ACN Canada, Aid to the Church in Need Canada. Marie-Claude, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, regarding Asia Bibi, and again, we're not entirely sure where she is, and obviously there's a lot of secrecy for her own safety, obviously, But, but your reaction to the fact that her acquittal has been upheld and it sounds as though she is going to to get to safety
3: well my first reaction was relief because we've been following her story for so long and at a certain point i have to say that our hopes were quite minimal Mm -hmm. so it's i think it's a great day well yesterday was a great day for the justice system in pakistan for human human rights as well And I am very, very happy that the government was not uh, misled by the extremists or it was not influenced, I should say, by the extremists.
2: And it's so concerning because this case came about, and what was essentially a disagreement about religion—the kind of thing that that's in, in a country like Canada, people can have all the time. Uh, she's a Christian. She was having a conversation with some Muslim neighbors who were pressuring her to convert to Islam, and she essentially said, "Well, why, why should I convert? Maybe you should convert uh, to my religion." I mean, so to talk about what she did to warrant arrest, conviction, the the imposition of a death penalty. I mean, it's, it's pretty frightening.
3: It is frightening. It is frightening. And as we are talking, we have uh, more than 150 other Christians that are in prisons because of similar accusations. Uh, and these accusations, whether it's blasphemy or um, insulting uh, the prophet, are punishable uh, by uh, maximum sentence of life imprisonment. And death, and that's what happened to Miss Bibi. She was sentenced to death following those accusations that are believed to be totally false.
2: Right, uh, and it's pervasive. I mean, obviously, as you say, we're talking about uh, state-sanctioned punishment. But even once uh, the, the government of Pakistan had once when she, when she'd been acquitted, obviously her life was still in danger because uh, of these other groups and individuals in Pakistan who, who believe this as well, who believe that that she deserves to die because of her religious beliefs. Yes, well,
3: that's what I would call the street judgment or the yeah. public opinion judgment. That's what happened to her, and um, as we're talking, there are people in Pakistan that are still convinced that uh, she should be hanged uh, because she insulted the prophet. Uh, it's not the majority, but it's a very noisy minority, although today I'm told that the demonstrations are not very important.
2: Well, they are. What 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 should Canada's role be in, in when when we have a situation like we have in Pakistan?
3: Well, I think Canada should use uh, everything that uh, they have in terms of diplomatic tools and political tools to intervene in cases like that. I think Canada should and could be a great advocate for people in such situations. I think they did it, but it was all behind the scene. As you said earlier, we don't have a lot of information about what's going on at the moment. But yes, it's true that the government is taking that seriously. And as Canadians, we're always, uh, we were always presented as a country that was um, an example in terms of human rights. Well, I think it's time to show it and to welcome people like Asia Bibi.
2: Right. In terms of the, you know, somebody having a case for asylum in Canada, this would seem to be the a, a prettiest obvious, obvious example of somebody who's in need of asylum.
3: It's true. It, it may seem uh, obvious, but then when you have cases like that, you always have other considerations, which are politic, uh, political, economical. And that's where sometimes it gets difficult because um, some countries, I'm not saying it's the case of Canada, but some countries do not want to intervene, not to uh, have problems in their relationships with another country, fearing most probably to lose money over it.
2: Right. And look, Pakistan still has its blasphemy law in the book. As you mentioned, there are still other Christians who have been accused of blasphemy who were in prison in Pakistan. But it did at least seem as though Pakistan was willing to to talk to Canada and other countries about getting Asia Bibi out of the country.
3: It seems to be the case, and I think uh, it is the case because they knew that Mrs. Bibi could not stay in the country. I think for uh, external observers as well, uh, we don't see how she could stay in the country. So if they wanted to um, to say, well, she was acquitted and we did everything in our power so she can be really free, this involved speaking to other countries and seeing who could welcome her
2: indeed well i suppose we'll learn more in the coming days and weeks uh but still a concerning situation in pakistan uh and it should be worth noting here that that it is worth noting that there are other countries like this in fact uh, according to acn your report on religious freedom there are some 38 countries including pakistan where violations of religious rights are significant this is indeed a global problem isn't it
3: Yes, it is. It's a global problem. It's a problem that we have difficulties to quantify because we have no reliable statistics about persecution of Christians. And most of the time, it's easier a little bit to get information about religious freedom. But when it comes to real acts of violence, it's difficult to get statistics. And Christians like Asia Bibi are 200 million in the world who are suffering uh, from discrimination or persecution. So 200 million is quite an extensive number of people. The problem is serious, but we out West don't see it as a big problem because we don't ourselves experience that type of problem.
2: Indeed. Well, much more on all of this, acn-canada.org. Marie-Claude Lalonde, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Uh, that is Marie Claude Lalonde, national director of ACN Canada, acn canadaorg dot org. Obviously, they've been following this situation very closely. Our number here nine seven four eight two five five nine seven four. Talk. We are back with more right after this. Welcome back. Our number here nine seven four eight two five five nine seven four. Talk. Let's go to the phones where we will say hi to Mel. Mel, welcome to the program.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Rob. I think I'm going to be opening a can of worms here. But anyway, I think in our country, we have to start considering immigrants, especially Christians coming from Muslim-dominated countries, where they're being persecuted as a priority for immigration to our country. Just Christians? Yeah, well, uh, probably any persecuted person, but it's mostly Christians that are being persecuted um, in the Muslim-dominated countries, and as the news reports were saying, if they're a Christian, they can be, you know, put to death.
2: Well, yeah, the same is true for atheists in a number of countries, too.
0: Yeah, well, I have to put myself in that category, so (laughs) I'm glad I'm in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But, uh, no, they... uh, we start having because the, too many of the people coming from other countries want to bring their archaic, and I, I define that, uh, religious principles to our country and wanting to change what Canada is like. If they want to come to this country and it's kind of getting foggy now, actually, what our country stands for, with our Nancy Pancy federal government. But, uh, yeah, we have to start considering persecuted individuals. hundred uh, percent. And, and, and uh,
2: we do. Right? I mean, uh, this, this woman in particular who was facing the death penalty, yes. facing certain murder as she stays in, in Pakistan, she definitely yep. was prioritized.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's taken so long for her.
2: Right. Well, part of the problem is she, she was, couldn't get an exit visit, visa, visa or something. Well, she was in jail. I mean, she was convicted oh. of blasphemy originally. It wasn't until October that her conviction was overturned. Mm-hmm. So, unless we're going to send in a you know team of commandos to go in and rescue her, there's yeah, you know, there's no, not much we could do. She wasn't really able to leave on her own.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now I understand that. So, mm-hmm.
2: but thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks for the phone call, Mel. Appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, by all means. I mean, this is a situation where. Seems like the perfect example of somebody in need of, of rescue, somebody in need of asylum. And obviously, though, it meant negotiating with the Pakistani government, the same government that has the laws in place that led to her being convicted and sentenced to death. So that's problematic. I mean, how was she going to leave on her own anyway? Even though once she was released, she didn't really show her face in public. Can't just show up at the airport for your flight to Toronto, right? She was in hiding. So it was about working all of this out that, that she could leave the country safely and that she had somewhere to go. And again, I mean, this is what it all came down to. So she was a, a Christian uh, living in a, a small village in Pakistan, about 30 miles outside of Lahore. Uh, she was known to be Catholic, uh, and that was a source of contention among others in the village, who obviously were, were followers of the uh, Islamic faith. And so she was often pushed to convert and discriminated against you know, for being a, of a, a different religious background, having different religious views. And so at one point, and it was essentially an argument with a neighbor, and that neighbor was making derogatory statements about Christianity— and this is what she said in response. I believe in my religion and in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for the sins of mankind. What did your prophet, Muhammad, ever do to save mankind? And why should it be me that converts instead of you? That's what she said. It led to her being convicted of blasphemy and sentenced to death for those remarks. So that's, yeah, that's insane. That's insane. And so we should be concerned, not just about the fact that, uh, you know, she has to fear for her life, but that there are countries in the world, including Pakistan, where just saying that can run afoul of the law. Uh, this is Brad. Brad welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Rob. hey, so here's the problem with the whole thing. That's for an Islam. I'm glad she's here. But what good does it do to keep giving asylum to people running from Islam, yet we allow the Islamic Party of Ontario to form that is preaching they want Sharia law, which is the same thing these people just ran from. Why are we allowing that to happen? I'm going to get called racist for this. Islam's not a race. I don't agree with you. Like, we, we bring people in from asylum running from something that our government is allowing to happen here. So, like, where's the line?
2: Well, okay. I mean, that, that's a fair point, Brad. I mean, the thing is, though, A, there is no Islamic party in Ontario. There's some guy who has registered the name Uh, But there is no political party to speak of. And I think when it comes to Sharia law, I think that means different things to to different Muslims. Sharia law means religious law, the commandments of your religion. Some who believe that blasphemy is a capital offense. Not every Muslim believes that. So if there's somebody who represents a political party who says that blasphemy should represent death, then yeah, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Canada just struck down its blasphemy laws, a matter of fact. So if there's anybody who starts up his own party or tries to join another party who believes that the penalty for blasphemy should be death, then by all means, let's call him out. That definitely 100% is on Uh David, go ahead.
1: Hey, Rob, how are you today?
2: Pretty good, sir. Thanks.
1: Um, yeah, I, your previous caller took a little bit of my, my thunder, but yeah, I, I get really annoyed that, that, and I understand that they're not a, a political party, but the, the very fact that that we give people like this a voice in this country uh, and allow them to proceed uh, with the with the antiquated ideas that they have, I just get I just get really annoyed with that. The, the other point I wanted to make was uh, uh, I have no issue with with allowing people that are prosecuted or persecuted, <laughs> and jailed for the religious beliefs uh under penalty of death for uh, for blasphemy of all things and what an outrageous thing that is but what really annoyed me was uh, when they come into this country where you get people like christy or Freeland putting a t-shirt on him and a ball cap putting their arm around them and making political pay on the back of somebody else who was just trying to escape not, not getting killed for her beliefs
2: uh, well, fortunately, they haven't done so in this case because uh, there, there's a real need for secrecy. And even though this woman is apparently in Canada, the fact that we still are that worried about her safety is, is concerning, too. Uh, David, appreciate the phone call. But, yeah, that, that was unfortunate. Now, the case of that young woman from Saudi Arabia who came here then as, as a refugee and, you know, the fact that Christy Freeland was there to greet her at the airport and it was a whole big photo op. You know, I remember once, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau had some very strong views on politicians who would find refugees for which to use for photo ops. That's disgusting. Yeah, I would say I think it was something like that. Anyway, nine seven four eight two five five is a number. We are back with more right after this. Welcome back, nine seven We'll say good afternoon to Fred. Hi there, Fred. How you doing today? Real well, sir. Thanks.
4: Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. So, um... I'm a Muslim, you know, I'm actually been in Canada for about 25 years now. Um, My parents are Palestinian from Palestine. I'm also, you know, Palestinian-Canadian. The thing that I'd like to raise with you is just that one of the uh, gentlemen that was on the phone earlier, an older gentleman, saying that we should limit um, or we should uh, help out Christians uh, coming from mainly Muslim-dominated countries, right? And we should also limit when they come over here, they're changing the way Canada is. And I just don't understand that isn't in the Constitution here that freedom of religion, i.e. that this country, and you got to remind these people that this country is based on multiple faiths and Islam is one of them, whether they like it or not. Um, so I feel like when they come on the show, it seems like they associate Canada, uh, i.e. being only a Christian country or, uh, or the Christian faith. In reality, it's, it's a multi-faith nation, multinational nation. It's always been that case from day one. And I think they have to continuously remind themselves that, you know, although this person in front of you may be a, of a darker skin or a different complex, and they believe the same thing, a different thing than you do, but that's what Canada is all about. It's about immigrants coming here from other parts of the world. Isn't that the case?
2: Well, certainly that's been a part of Canada's history. Yeah, I mean, look, you're right. I mean, Canada is a pluralistic, secular country, and it's founded on, on certain principles that, that encompass all of that. And so, Correct. yeah, I, I think you're bang on there. Yeah,
4: yeah. And, and the other thing I'd like to talk about, Rob, is, is uh, you know, being that we're, I'm, I'm Palestinian, I still have family overseas, and, and I know I have friends of the Christian faith, in palestine that they're actually uh christians right and um you know what uh you know we all know where jesus is from we believe in jesus (laughs) as well and he's in bethlehem and if you go and talk to the Palestinians christians in those in that country they'll tell you that they're being prosecuted by israeli jews and yet they don't get the same attention um whereas we focus on countries like pakistan and by no means does pakistan represent islam uh... And the other thing I'd like to talk to you about is that the type of people that are usually coming from those parts of the world, or even here, is a lack of education, i.e. by what I mean by that, is that if you look at them, they mix culture with religion. And these are two different things. The culture of Pakistan and the people, the tribes that live over there, they claim to be Muslims or believe in Islam, but they're far from it. And as a practicing Muslim here in Canada myself, I've never once, That i ever say to anybody here and say hey you know my faith is way better than your faith and you know what you should be threatened by 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 me practicing my faith and i've lived here for 25 years i have christian friends i have jewish friends i have muslim friends i have atheist friends and we all get along just fine i find the people that are non-educated or don't have any muslim friends are the ones that are fearful and it's very simple as just talk to one another maybe you, you if you want have a question ask and then you'll understand so instead of just having these notions derived from perception of from the media where they get the ideas about other faiths from shows like yourself or other shows out there, I find that they don't engage with any other Canadians.
2: Well, to we kind should. Of get I think you're idea. right. Fred, I, I got to let you go. Really appreciate the phone call. Nine seven four eight two five five is our number. We are back with more right after this.